Most of the time in the Gospels, Jesus is the one who does something amazing. He heals the sick, feeds the multitude, calms the storms, each time leaving the spectators awestruck and dumbfounded. But today's scripture reading is the only time in the entire Gospels when someone other than Jesus does something astonishing. It is her brazen act of beauty that offers us a surprising twist in our spiritual journey through Lent. It offers us a powerful reminder about God and us. The setting for the scripture is a home-cooked meal for Jesus in the home of siblings Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, three of his closest friends in the whole world. It was probably a festive thank you meal. John reminds us that Jesus had just raised Lazarus from being dead for four days. It was also less than a week away from the Passover, which meant he was just a matter of days from his arrest, trial, and crucifixion. So imagine the trappings of an intimate dinner party in the works. Martha is busy in the kitchen putting final touches on a stew. Lazarus is sitting there wide-eyed with amazement with just being able to breathe again. And Jesus is there away from the crowds and the critics, enjoying some downtime with his closest friends and disciples. And then in comes Mary. In her hands is not some tiny bottle of perfume, as most translators put it, not some sample size that you dabble a drop or two behind your ears. This was the most expensive ointment available in Israel at the time. This was spikenard derived from a rare flowering plant that could only be grown in altitudes between 7,000 to 14,000 feet above sea level in the Himalayan mountains of China, Nepal, and India. It had to be imported at great expense, and it would have been remarkably rare to have something this costly, let alone a pound of it. Its value would have been upwards of over $50,000 today, but that is not the most remarkable part of the story. It's what Mary does with it that causes the biggest reaction. What Mary did with that ointment was nothing short of a lavish, beautiful outpouring of love for Jesus. She did not pour ointment on the head of Jesus like some earthly political transfer of power, but on his feet, an act of passionate, intimate worship and love. She let down her hair, a cultural no-no in those days, and used it to apply that ointment to his feet. This was a supreme gift of love. It was a visible demonstration of how Mary so loved Jesus, so loved Jesus. John would invite us to think, now where have we heard about this level and intensity of love before in John's gospel? How about earlier in John's gospel, chapter 3, verse 16? Mary's lavish, supreme act of love echoes that of God who so loved the world that he poured out his most costly gift to the world. John would want us to believe that Mary, of all people, was embodying and demonstrating the character of God in that moment. Just like an Old Testament prophet, by the way. John is portraying Mary as a prophet and messenger of God. 
Think about what Old Testament prophets did back in those days. They were public performance artists who demonstrated the character of God to people. The prophet Ezekiel ate a scroll to remind people to carry God's message inside them. Jeremiah walked through a town square carrying an oxen yoke, calling people to obedience and surrender to God. Isaiah walked around barefoot and naked as a sign of judgment to the nations. Prophets represented God. They were shock performers who did the irrational and the eye-catching all to show people something about God. And if that's the case, then what is Mary telling us about God? That God so loved, so lavishly loves the world, that God will go to great cost to show us that love. But there's more, because Mary also wants to show us something about ourselves, and we discover something about ourselves from what is in her hand. John's Gospel tells us that it wasn't just costly ointment that Mary used, it was pure ointment. And what's interesting about that Greek word for pure is that it is the very same word in the Bible for faithful. It's the word pistis, which means belief. It's one of John's favorite words. He uses it three times as often as Matthew, Mark, and Luke combined. John is telling us that we are to be the perfume in the hands of a loving God. We are to be the pistis, the believers, the faithful, the priceless resource at God's disposal. For God so lavishly loves the world that God is pouring us out in love into a world of death and suffering, just as God gave his only son so that we who believe might find true life. Mary is acting like a prophet to show us the lavish and supreme love of God for the world and God's desire to pour us faithful believers out into the world. So the question for you and I to ponder today is this. How does God want to pour you out to be a blessing for other people today? I saw it this past week. Nearly 140 of you were poured out into this community to create positive change. It was part of our partnership with the Hillsborough Organization for Progress and Equality, or HOPE, which networks with dozens of churches, large and small, from every denomination throughout this county to advocate for systemic changes in our community. Last Monday night was the annual Nehemiah Action event where over a thousand people of faith, including nearly 140 of you all, of our own members, engaged in civil proactive advocacy. And by the end of the evening, local civic and government officials listened to their proposals and enthusiastically said yes to making positive changes in the areas of criminal justice reform, racial profiling, mental health supportive residences, and care for the environment. And as I watched the proceedings and listened to some of our very own church members speak so eloquently and passionately and poignantly about the possibilities of change, I could not help but picture God pouring us out to be an anointing in this community. 
And if you want to know more about hope and Nehemiah action, talk to Justin LaRosa or church member Ann Pointer. We see people in this church being poured out every Sunday morning, in fact, for the over 100 unhoused persons who are cared for in open arms. People are being fed, given some health care and social services, vaccinations, dental services, shoes, and personal mail. We, we will see an outpouring this June when children pour onto this campus for Vacation Bible School to hear of the lavish, monumental love of God. And we will see it in the hundreds of volunteers that will give of their time and their skills to make it happen. In fact, please be sure to stick around for the end of today's online service to see a really fun video about Vacation Bible School. And it would behoove me to mention that there is an open volunteer slot for VBS with your name on it, just waiting for you to say yes. Even if you have never volunteered for VBS before, you can be poured out to be a blessing on these kids. Even, even if you never thought you could do children's ministry, you can be trained and resourced with all that you need. And we even like to say that that even if you hate kids, there are ways to make a difference to support and resource the work that needs to happen behind the scenes. If you want to be poured out as a blessing, we invite you to scan that QR code on the screen and be in touch with our children's ministry team. But most of all, be open to the possibility that God is wanting to pour all of us out in ways that we haven't yet even seen or imagined. There's one other aspect of this story that, that ought to catch our attention. All four Gospels record some version of this story, and collectively, it's the verbs in this story that are really interesting. Mary takes the jar of expensive ointment. She holds it as a blessing. In Mark, she breaks open the jar, and here in John, she pours it out. Four verbs, take, bless, break, give. These are the four most important verbs in the New Testament. They are sacramental words, the very same four verbs that the Apostle Paul and the Gospel writers use to describe what Jesus did in the Last Supper as he and his friends gathered around the communion table, which we will observe together in a few moments. Jesus took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to others. And if Mary the prophet tells us anything today, it is that we are the ones in the hands of Jesus who are being given out to the world. Henri Nouwen, one of the most significant spiritual writers in the 20th century, in his classic book, Life of the Beloved, invites us to see ourselves, you and me, ordinary people, as the very bread that Jesus takes, blesses, breaks, and gives. First, we would remember that we have been taken, claimed by God. At the moment of our baptism, God made a claim on our lives. When the waters of baptism touched us, God said, you are mine. My grace will be at work in and through your life to lead you on a path of full relationship with me. You are not your own. You belong to God. But you've not only been taken by God, you have been blessed. 
You are not just God's child, but you have been given a unique composition that makes you unlike any other. Your, your skills, passions, connections with people, background, experience, and perspectives make you specially equipped to fulfill a particular purpose in the world. And all of this has come entirely from God's grace and favor as a gift from God. You have been blessed. And each of us has been broken. Sometimes there's no way for you to experience the fullness of God's blessing without going through some process of struggle and trial. You have been broken, and you can identify those moments in your life in which you were at your lowest, only to discover that those have become the pivot points, the, the critical transitional periods that have enabled you to experience utter dependence and trust in God. And finally, like that bread, the final action done to us by God is that we have been given, given to the world to meet the needs of people who hunger for some kind of joy and love and peace. You are not here simply to meet your own needs, but to be given out, distributed, poured out to those who would seek to find Jesus for themselves. Friends, as we make this final turn toward the finish line of Holy Week, God wants to pour you out to be a blessing, to be the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. You may not see yourself as having much value, but in God's hands, you are even more precious than the most costly jar of imported ointment. You are so valuable that God paid the highest price God could ever pay. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that you might believe and have eternal life. And God so loves the world that he pours out we who believe to be a blessing for the world so that others can have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. God, you so love the world, you so love the world that you gave Jesus your most precious one to give his life so that we might live. And even now, your lavish love is pouring us out into the world. You, you take us, bless us, break us, and then pour us out to be a blessing. Open our hearts in obedience to you. Help us conquer our fears and resistance that we might make a difference in the lives of others. In Jesus' name, amen.